these are the highs that have developed on my legs because of it. And so now all of you are going to have to stare at my highs because we all know when you're in soccer, you don't wear leggings, you wear shorts. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. what's up happy tuesday welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if you're new i am valencia nice to meet you and if you are not subscribed to the podcast make sure that you hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice we're available on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, pretty much just any platform you can listen to podcast on we're also available on amazon and audible as well stop drop roll and rate the podcast hopefully your rating is five stars and also leave the show a review because it really helps with being able to just grow our community here on this side of the interwebs and reach new peeps also follow us on instagram our instagram is at oh my allergies my instagram is at oh my valencia so you can give me a follow there as well and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know or people you may not even know Today's episode is going to be an interesting one. It's going to be all about a symptom that is actually commonly associated with allergies. And it's a symptom that pretty much we probably have all dealt with at some point in time. It's a symptom that a lot of people tend to find annoying, stingy, having some sort of like a pain attached to it. And the symptom is hives. I'm going to be talking all about what hives are from an allergy lens, why do we get hives, whether hives are contagious, and just so much more. But before we get into today's episode, as I like to call it, the meat of today's episode, you guys know I got to talk about what's been going on with me. I've been still watching my dose of softball, been watching the Athletes Unlimited tournament for softball, which if you're not familiar with the world of softball, pretty much it's a tournament that a lot of professional softball players that used to play in college. So you get to see all of your favorite players from when they used to play in college and they play for like a short stint. I believe it is somewhere along the lines of like six weeks worth of softball. And it's a really cool concept. And it was so cool because actually the team that I was rooting for the captain that I was rooting for ended up winning the whole thing so Deja Malipola I was so excited I was so sad that I actually could not see the game itself but was really happy to hear that she actually won the whole thing so that was really cool and I actually find the athletes unlimited like how they do everything it's kind of weird it's like a point system where like you're incentivized based off of getting like a cash prize as well as being able to get paid for your 
your time in terms of being able to accumulate certain amount of points and certain points go to like certain positions and things like that so it's a very interesting concept but I find it to be very very fascinating and it just gets me so excited for when softball season comes back into play for college sports so I am really excited for softball and it's so cool to see softball get on the stages that I personally think that it should so there's been some times where softball has been on ABC and it's during like prime time so it's just been so cool to see the sport growing as it should so I've been watching a lot of softball still also I have been watching Love Island USA which recently wrapped the people that I wanted to win won and I am just so excited I don't want to talk about any spoilers if people have not seen the whole season of Love Island USA but highly recommend watching this past season I felt like it was the best season for Love Island USA I just felt like the people were just a lot more genuine and were actually there for like the right reasons and really were able to immerse themselves in like the whole overall experience and were really there to like connect with other people and try to find love but also find friendships out of it as well highly recommend watching this past season because it was just so good and then another thing that I've been doing I've been reading a lot more as I told you guys in the last episode and a book that I have been recently reading is actually Jeanette McCurdy's memoir I actually find the book so interesting very interesting just to see her perspective on the industry and hearing about her experiences which it's just she's been through so so much and if you've ever been a person that's been curious about the entertainment industry specifically for children's programming because she had done um, a stint on Nickelodeon and that was kind of like one of the breakout series within her career and really put her on the map for like how we know her today so definitely recommend just reading the book it is such a good book highly recommend it so many people that I know that have read it have said that they have read it like instantly and could not put the book down and I definitely understand that it's just one of those books that you're just like oh my goodness like I have to know what happens next even though it's based on her life like it's not like really like it's a story but it's not it's not like a story like how like a traditional like YA book or like adult book or what have you type of book is like it's based off of somebody's actual life so it's just very interesting and highly recommend reading that book Um, but those are the things that have really been consuming me lately I've still been watching The Bachelorette Um, I don't really find it as interesting as the other things that I've been watching and consuming but really have been liking those things also another show that I was watching that recently wrapped up was Austin Dillon's Life in the Fast Lane that a really good show it's about like Austin Dillon he's a NASCAR driver and really following his life with his family and also his best friend is a part of his pit crew and so it follows his best friend and his best friend's family because he's married and she's pregnant I think at this point in time she's already had her baby but while they're airing the episode she was still pregnant so they're just a fun bunch and highly recommend that show if you are interested in like the inner workings of like NASCAR and you just want to have fun and and get a good laugh and really get like some wholesome entertainment so highly recommend watching and consuming all of those things but those are pretty much the things that have been consuming me and keeping me entertained as of late so with that being said let's get right into my foodie links foodie 
comics that I've like really been liking lately. It comes from this Indian like street food place that's local to me and they have like these sweet potato fries that are like the crisp cut ones. They taste so good but really what makes these french fries like magnificent is the ketchup that it comes with. It's apparently, it's like the side of it, it's like this wheat and hot ketchup. Oh my gosh, it tastes so, 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 so good. It is. It just makes you wanna bite your mama, honestly. Like it is just that good. It's the right amount of sweetness to it. It's the right amount of heat to it. And it's one of those things that when you dip the fry into the ketchup and you eat it, you don't really taste the heat until you're actually chewing, you're like, oh, that's a little spicy in here. It's a little spicy. So I, for some reason, like, I don't know like what the actual ingredients are for this ketchup because I'm like, okay, like these French fries are like expensive, like $6 expensive for French fries. It's like, and you don't get that many. So I'm like, okay, I need to figure out a way to like try to recreate these. And so was recently like looking into, okay, like, is there like some sort of like a recipe for this ketchup? Is it something that can be made at home? Is it something that can be purchased at the store? So I think I'm gonna need to do a little bit more of a deep dive into really trying to find out where the heck is this ketchup or what do I need to make this ketchup so that it can be in my life a little bit more often than it is right now, but highly recommend. It's so good. Um, I think it might be a, a Indian street food place that is a chain. Um, I'll have to double check that, but it is so, so good. Highly recommend. Just try an Indian street food in general. Another thing that I've been really liking, not just lately, but just in general, and this is my first time, I think, officially speaking about it on the podcast, and it comes from the brand Living Fresh. At least I think that's the brand. It's like one of those foods that you get from the grocery store, and the brand is not really, like, in bold letters. Like, it just tells you, like, what it is. Like, it's very hard to find out, like, what the actual brand is, so... Sorry if I don't know the brand, um, but I know it's like this local like lettuce blend. It's like Southern blend spring mix. And guys, I am typically not a spring mix person. Anyone who knows me knows that I do not like spring mix with a passion. And that's just because I feel like I'm eating a bunch of leaves from a tree. For some reason, this particular spring mix is the only spring mix that I, Valencia, will ever eat. And it's because it has like a crunch to it. Like I am not a fan of like arugula or anything like that. And so when I really came across this lettuce, I was kind of hesitant hesitant but really like the fact that it said crunchy on it and I was like I like crunchy lettuce let's try it and it's so good it's a mixture of you know the red leaf lettuce which usually I don't find myself gravitating towards like as much I'm more so of like a romaine lettuce girl like a crisp romaine not just any romaine but the crisp kind so that's usually the lettuce that I 
tend to gravitate towards, but really have been liking this one as well. And I also like that, relatively speaking, like the price isn't all that bad. But yeah, when it comes to like the mix, it's like a blend of red and green lettuce. It also has oak lettuce, bib lettuce, which bib lettuce is one of my favorite lettuces of all time. So it's just a really good mixture of things. And I think it's specifically a local lettuce. So that's probably why I can't really find the brand name, but it is so, so tasty. Highly recommend, highly recommend. But those are the things that I wanted to talk about in today's episode in terms of my foodie likes. So with that being said, let's get right into the allergy news. Allergy News article is actually connected to today's topic, which is all about urticaria, also known as hives. So the article is titled, Woman's Rare Allergy to Pressure on Her Skin Means That She Can't Wear Jeans or a Bra. So a woman from Scotland, she normally regularly experiences an itchy red rash at random and assume that she might have some sort of an allergy to like latex, but she actually has a condition called pressure urticaria, which is an allergy to having pressure on your skin. And so the condition means that she has an allergic reaction to things like wearing jeans or socks or a bra, or sometimes even showering can actually cause an allergic reaction as well. And the article talks about how she really came to a low point in her life when she had an allergic reaction to her actual own wedding dress with her wedding ring also causing her to deal with blisters. A quote from her, it's, it says, I've always had issues with my skin and was back and forwards to the GP about it as a kid. I thought I had a latex allergy, so I was was shocked when they suggested what it could be I had never heard of it sometimes it's itchy like there are bugs crawling all over my skin oftentimes it's an awful burning pain that just doesn't go away when it comes to dealing with this type of urticaria uh, living with a condition like this means that things that a lot of people may view as being simple like carrying shopping bags from the car can actually leave a person with this type of a condition in agony even bumping into things can also cause her to have a reaction through her skin and once she said she actually caught her leg on the corner of a chair and was left with a painful hematoma the size of a grapefruit also in the article it talks about how like when it comes to her showering like having too much water pressure on her skin can leave her with red blotches so it's just really interesting about how there's so many different skin reactions allergic reactions that are out there that a lot of people might not even be familiar with or they deal with it themselves and don't really know what that is actually called and that there's actually a condition with a title that's out there that aligns with the symptoms that they're actually dealing with and so it's really interesting to see articles like this because it kind of brings to light a lot of different things that we kind of take for granted like being able to wear gym clothes that are like on the tighter side and not being able to do that because of the pressure that it's doing on your skin or um, wearing underwire bras or wearing jeans it's just having those types of things in your life and having to deal with 
quote consequences because of your skin being like, ah, I don't like that. Get it away from me. And you're really having to be conscious and think a lot about what you can and what you can't wear. And if you do wear it, that you can't wear it all the time or you can only wear it for short stints and periods of time. So I just found this article to be very, very interesting. Like always, our allergy news articles will be linked in our show notes. So definitely take a look at the article to look at it in its full entirety. But I thought that this article will be really cool because it's actually something I'm going to be talking about in the full-on meat of today's episode. So definitely check out our show notes. I don't talk about every little inch and cranny of each allergy news article, but kind of some highlights and be able to start that discussion of if you've ever dealt with something like this, definitely send us a comment over on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page. Our Instagram page is at Oh My Allergies. We'd definitely love to know if you all have dealt with skin reactions and allergic reactions like this one. But with that being said, let's get right into today's topic, which is all about what are hives, also known as urticaria. Like I say in these types of episodes, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be either of those things. These are just things that I know from personal experience and research that I've done. And I encourage you all to do research on your own as well. So like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be talking all things hives. Hives are also known as urticaria they are a type of skin reaction. They are raised bumps or welts that are often red, pink, or flesh colored, and they either sting, they either hurt, or they have like that itchy sensation that I know we've all dealt with at one point in time if you're a person who has or is prone to allergic reactions. Hives are usually triggered by some sort of exposure. The most common ones are to medicines and to even foods, but they can be to a lot of different things. It can even be things like cold weather or hot weather that can also cause hives to develop on some people. But in most cases, hives are caused by an allergic reaction to a medication or food or reaction to an irritant that you have either encountered or ingested. Now, when you have an allergic reaction, like I've talked about time and time again here on the podcast before, your body begins to release histamines into your blood. And histamines, they are chemicals that your body produces to really be able to defend itself against some sort of outside intruder or infection. Unfortunately, in some people, the histamines cause swelling, itching, and many of the symptoms that are experienced with hives. And a lot of the time, hives are actually acute, which means temporary, and they can actually be treated and alleviated with the use of various allergy medications. Acute hives are hives that last less than six weeks, and the most common causes of acute hives are like foods, medications, and infections. Also, some other things are like insect bites, so mosquitoes, spiders, 
different bugs like that and also other diseases may also be uh, responsible and connected to acute hives but most hives tend to go away on their own so people are usually like oh like it's just a well it'll go away on its own but there are some scenarios where you can develop chronic hives which means they're ongoing those are typically accompanied by some sort of a severe allergic reaction and those are like bigger like medical concerns and those are hives that last more than six weeks and the cause is usually harder to be able to identify than those that are causing the acute urticaria but for most people with chronic urticaria really finding out what is the actual root cause is kind of near impossible. But when it comes to hives, there actually are a few different types of hives. And the types of hives that are more familiar to people are the ones that are associated with allergic reactions. However, that's not where hives stop at. It's definitely not uncommon for people to experience hives as a result of some sort of unidentifiable cause, dermatographism, stress, tight clothes, the sun, exercise, different illnesses, or even infections. And it's also possible to develop hives as a result of having excessive exposure to either hot temperatures or even cold temperatures or even from dealing with irritation due to sweating or excessive sweating. So like I said, most commonly people are familiar with hives being associated to allergic reactions and these can be caused by any allergen that you are sensitive to. So to foods, so nuts, milk, eggs, seeds, things like that, pet dander, pollen, dust mites, insect bites or stings, medication, so whether it's like certain types of antibiotics, ibuprofen. And when it comes to mild cases of hives that are caused by allergies, those are typically treated with long or short-term allergy medications and really just avoiding the trigger as much as possible. Now, hives are also often accompanied with anaphylaxis, which if you are not familiar with anaphylaxis, we actually have a whole episode dedicated to what anaphylaxis actually is, but in short, it is a severe life-threatening allergic reaction. Like I said, we have an episode on it, so definitely check out that episode. It will be linked in our show notes, but when it comes to anaphylaxis, hives are usually paired with having problems with breathing, nausea, vomiting, severe swelling, as well as a dizziness. So another type of hive, like I talked about a little bit while ago, is chronic hives. And chronic hives, they are an ongoing case that doesn't really have some sort of identifiable cause. It's also called chronic urticaria. And this is a condition that is really connected to reoccurring hives that can interfere with your lifestyle. Like I said, acute hives, they typically last for like a few days to about like one to two weeks. However, some people can develop hives that can last up to that six weeks that I was talking about. But if hives last more than that six weeks, your doctor may actually die 
diagnose your hives as having a case of chronic urticaria. And chronic hives can even last several months or years, according to Mayo Clinic. Now, you may suspect that chronic hives is what you have if you have welts that just don't go away within six weeks. While welts are not life-threatening, this is a form of hives that can really be uncomfortable and difficult to treat. And they actually might be connected to some sort of underlying health problem as well, which is really important as to why at the minute that you are not really sure what is the reason and the root cause behind welts and highs, definitely seek counsel from your doctor and allergist to really be able to get that information and really be able to figure out what is the next best step for you and your health or you and your family's health as well. But some of the health problems that can be connected to welts and hives are things like celiac disease, lupus, type 1 diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, and a thyroid disease. Another type of hive is called dermatographism. And dermatographism is when your skin has been lightly scratched and it causes raised red lines where you've been scratched and this can happen if you've been scratched by like your pet an animal in general a sharp edge of a table you know things along those lines and I know that this has happened to me while I'm playing with my dog since my dog likes to play more so on the rougher side and so when she scratches me at times a welt will begin to form and this is something that kind of falls within that wheelhouse of hives which I really find to be so interesting because at first when this type of situation happens you're kind of like okay like is it going to stay a scratch or is it going to develop into something else and usually probably about eight times out of ten it usually forms into some sort of a hive slash welt and I think it's just really interesting that the role that your body plays when certain things happens to it and kind of like how instantly it's like oh we're going to turn that into a welt or we're going to turn that into a hive and these uh, types of hives is what is to be considered acute hives and is more so on the mild side of the spectrum and these kind of hives can also be caused by excessive scratching so if there's a part of your skin that's like really bothering you and you cannot stop yourself from scratching or you're experiencing like continuous pressure on your skin that can cause it too and dermatographism usually clears up on its own in like some sort of like a short period of time without actually having to be treated it's just kind of one of those things that typically you just kind of waited out because it's just a welt that is more so on the wilder side and it's usually not something to be too concerned about another type of hive is the temperature induced hives and sometimes when you are exposed to changes within temperature that can actually induce hives in people who are sensitive to temperature changes so cold induced hives can occur from you being exposed to cold water or cold air while your body heat from you know exercising that can cause exercise induced hives and even when you are outside for extended periods of time and being exposed to the sunlight or tanning beds that can actually bring about solar hives out in some people who are very sensitive to sunlight and those types of rays but it's definitely something to think about. I know that I've gotten heat bumps before, which I know is a little bit more so different, um, but I've also have gotten hives from 
exercise because of all of that physical activity that is really starting that body heat to form within yourself and like you're just so hot and that you start getting hives I've had that happen to me a handful of times it doesn't happen to me all the time but I just find it very interesting like there's just so many different situations that your body could be in where hives are what come about and it really just shows you like how good the body actually is in terms of trying to do whatever it can to protect itself however in some different instances like the temperature induced hives or um, the acute type of hives usually it's those types of situations where you're just like oh my gosh like why am I dealing with hives like this is like not ideal for me and because of them being like very like bright on some certain skin tones or very itchy and irritable and it makes you just want to scream at times because of how annoying the welts and the hives can actually be for you. And then the last type of hive that I want to talk about in today's episode are the infection-induced hives. And actually both viral and bacterial infections can cause hives. So common bacterial infections that can cause hives are like urinary tract infections and strep throat. And then viruses like monocleosis, hepatitis, and colds can actually cause hives as well. Now I know like when you hear about all these different types of hives, especially the infection induced hives, you're kind of thinking like, well, like, are they contagious? Can they spread? Like, what is the dealio with hives? Now hives themselves are not contagious. However, whatever is causing the hives could be contagious. So for example, if your hives are caused by an infection like strep throat, then the infection is contagious and can actually spread to other people. And some other causes of hives that are contagious are like, like I said, the bacterial infections, viruses, and the common cold. And these types of hives themselves aren't contagious, but if the condition that causes them spreads, you too could develop hives if you end up developing that condition. And these infections, they can spread through airborne germs from like sneezing and coughing. We know that through the panini that we are currently still dealing with, um, poor hygiene, sharing eating utensils, which I don't understand why people do that. Like I understand like you might feel very comfortable with being around people, whether they're your family, your blood or friends, which I don't, I don't really understand that. I just find it to not be that sanitary sharing eating utensils with people. And especially people that you're not that familiar with, or if you are familiar with them, but you don't know, you don't know like what they're doing every inch of every hour of every single day. So it's like, you don't really know where they've been. You know what I'm saying? And like, I just find that just a recipe for disaster. And if anything that the panini has told us is just like, just get your own eating utensils. Please don't share. Don't be that person. I just find that to be really, really nasty. Another way that these infections can spread is through direct contact with the saliva of an infected person or having contact with stool, which I know sounds gross, but it is actually possible. Now, when it comes to managing hives, you're like, gosh, Valencia, this is all a good gems. You are dropping keys left and right, left and right, all about. But like, how do I manage hives? Like, how 
do I prevent hives from developing or being able to provide some sort of relief? So beyond the medications, there are a few things that you can consider when you're trying to try out different ways to prevent hives from developing or provide some sort of relief. So one tip is to avoid any triggers. So if you know, hey, I develop hives when I'm around fresh cut grass, just don't find yourself or put yourself in those types of situations where you're around fresh cut grass because I myself am a person who develops hives and welts from being in a fresh cut grass. I remember when I played soccer and I remember we were doing some stretches right before we were starting practice and the coach was like, yeah, everybody, let's get down on the ground and let's stretch. My teammates we're getting on the ground to stretch outside and I was not because I'm like I know I have a really bad allergy to grass and just environmental allergies in general I'm not going to do that to myself because I know something's going to happen to me and the coach was like what are you doing like do you think you're special like I said we all need to stretch everybody needs to get on the ground and I'm like I am allergic to the grass I I I don't think it's safe for me to do that because I'm going to get some sort of an allergic reaction that's going to happen. The coach was getting very frustrated with me because I was delaying the team in his opinion and I was just like, fine. So me, I sat down on the grass and started to stretch out with my teammates. And then all of a sudden my legs started getting itchy and I'm like, see, the allergic reaction is starting and I'm just like scratching my legs and scratching my legs and I get all these hives on my legs and my teammates are like oh my goodness like something's wrong with Valencia and the coach is like what is that I said this is the repercussions of me being in the grass I told you that I was allergic to the grass these are the hives that have developed on my legs because of it and so now all of you are gonna have to stare at my hives because we all know when you're in soccer you don't wear leggings you wear shorts so it was just it was just a very annoying situation and I was just like gosh like I need to make sure I do a better job at making that known and really allowing myself to respect my own boundaries but really enforcing other people to respect my boundaries as well when it comes to my triggers and if I know that putting myself in a situation is going to cause harm to myself you know, when it comes to like allergic reactions and what those allergic reactions can look like, whether they're on the mild side or on the life threatening side, making sure that I am advocating for myself and advocating for my allergies, because that's just not a situation you want to be put in, especially when you're like younger and you're just feel like you don't have like control or anything like that and you're just like gosh like I don't want to be that kid so like let me just listen and so it's just a very unfortunate situation but a lot of people tend to find themselves in it but the moral of the story is if you know that you have certain triggers whether it's foods whether it's irritants allergens that are outside just avoiding them if possible another tip is to wear loose fitting light clothing because as we talked about in today's allergy news article, for some people wearing tight fit clothing can actually cause an allergic reaction and cause hives to form because of the pressure that is on the skin. So just really being mindful of that and really being very cautious and being very cognizant of the types of clothes that you're wearing, especially the types of materials that your clothes are made out of. So really being mindful of not wearing materials such as wool because wool 
is known to irritate the skin. Another tip is to avoid scented soaps and laundry detergents because certain fragrances are known to be very irritable to skins and causing like allergic skin reactions and just so being like more so on the safer side of things like that's typically the route that I tend to go like I just have a track record of having allergic reactions to certain scents and certain fragrances and just a lot of different lotions that have a lot of different ingredients that we all know are not really good for our bodies anyway so really what I found in my experience is more so going the fragrance free route or picking on different lotions or soaps or laundry detergents that are having fragrances in them that are not as irritating to the skin. And also one thing to keep in mind that's like just another beautiful part of allergies and allergic reactions and all things like that is what you might find on your skin to be very irritable and cause allergic reactions on your skin from a fragrance perspective might not be the same things that will cause me to have allergic reactions from different fragrances and things like that. So that's like one of the aha things about allergies is like you really don't know like what you're going to get and like each person has a different reaction to different things even though there might be like this master list of all of these different fragrances that are known to be irritable to most skin types it might not be that way for you or you might be highly highly sensitive to everything on that list so it really just depends on the person and their body another tip is to soothe the affected skin with a cool wet cloth or with some sort of anti-itch cream also be careful like when you're using a cool wet cloth make sure that your skin is getting dried properly because we all know where there's water there's bacteria so make sure that you are letting your skin dry entirely so that you don't start another problem on top of another problem one other tip that I thought was really, really key is that making sure that if you're in a situation like where your skin is just itching you and you just cannot stop scratching, you're just like, gosh, like I need to scratch because it just really helps with me feeling better about the area, but then you end up causing a lot more damage to yourself. So one tip that I've learned is if you have any sort of area on your skin that's itchy, just cover it with bandages because it will avoid you from being able to actually scratch the affected area and it'll make it where it's like out of sight, out of mind. Now, there might be some instances where like you feel the itch through the bandage, but you won't be able to actually get to the bandage. So that's really like the upside of that. But if you are in a situation where you're like, Valencia, I got to scratch. A girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Make sure that you are pressing on the itchy area or stroking it using like the top side of your hand rather than using your fingernails because you're still applying the pressure to help with easing the itchiness and the irritableness that you're dealing with on that area of your skin. But you're not using your fingernails, which we all know are weapons that can break up our skin. <laughs> so it's kind of like a fine balance and it's like you're able to get that relief that you need, but you're not causing more damage by using like your fingernails and then the last tip that I feel like is kind of a given but I feel like it's a tip that a lot of people tend to forget and kind of sleep on in a sense is drinking more water because hydrating yourself is really going to be able to help with your skin so the more water you drink the more hydrated you'll be the more your skin will thank you later now, now that you have some tips in your toolkit in terms of managing hives, you're like, okay, that's great to manage them, 
But if I already have the hives, like what are some things that can really help with being able to treat hives? But like I already said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I'm going to be talking about different things that I know based off of my experience with allergies and hives slash urticaria and conversations that I've had with other people, whether it's other people who have allergies doctors, things like that. I'm talking based off of my own personal experiences, like I've already said, but I felt like I had to make another disclaimer here. But one way that I know has helped some people is having epinephrine. And if you are new to the allergy world, epinephrine is pretty much a really good first line treatment for hives that are associated with anaphylaxis. Usually if you have um, epinephrine slash an auto injector, then you have an allergy that is associated with being life threatening. And usually hives is a symptom to anaphylaxis in some cases. I know anaphylaxis for one person is not going to be anaphylaxis for another person. But if you do not have epinephrine slash an auto injector and you feel like you might be a good candidate, definitely go reach out to your local allergist or to your doctor in order to figure out out whether that is a good way for you to go treatment wise for your hives and kind of putting that plan in action and really finding out what is the best for you and your health and your hives or you and your family just things like that um, another way to treat hives is through antihistamines because antihistamines they block what the production of histamine and they are really supposed to help with easing symptoms of any itchiness or swelling that you may experience but they do not get rid of the highs permanently i think that's one thing that some people may get mixed up or that they kind of just forget about is that they're like oh my goodness like i'm taking this antihistamine and like it helped but then like the itching came back it's because they don't get rid of them permanently it's just supposed to help with easing the symptoms not getting rid of the symptoms altogether um when it comes to antihistamines there are actually like different classes of antihistamines there are first generation h antihistamines and then there are second generation h antihistamines and the most commonly known first gen h antihistamines is like benadryl and these types of antihistamines are actually most commonly known to have more like side effects like drowsiness and then there's like the second generation h antihistamines that are typically what doctors tend to prefer nowadays because they have like fewer side effects and some common second gen h antihistamines are fexafinidine loratadine etc things like that so that might be an option that you might want to go and speak with your doctor around and see if you're a good candidate for antihistamines. Um, another way to be able to treat hives is corticosteroids. So if you are dealing with like severe hives, your doctor may prescribe some sort of like oral corticosteroids for like a short of period of time because corticosteroids can actually help with reducing your swelling, itching, and any inflammation that you may experience. But definitely make sure you're consulting with a doctor because there's always pluses and minuses to things, but especially when it comes to corticosteroids. So making sure that you are following 
getting your doctor's prescription instructions and really trying to figure out if this is something that you might want to look into and see if you would be a good candidate for it. Another treatment that could be possibly something that you might be interested in looking into are itch creams, which I already previously talked about, but topical creams or lotions containing specifically menthol can actually provide temporary relief of symptoms. The key word is temporary. So just definitely keep that in mind that there are certain treatments out there that are supposed to, in a way, in my opinion, I consider to put a band-aid on the symptom rather than getting to like the root cause. And I think that's something to keep in mind. And that's something that I've had to deal with and discover on my own allergy journey is realize like what is actually like the purpose of this said medication and not thinking that in certain cases, like a medication is going to solve the whole issue. It's just going to help temporarily and having that mindset and just being aware of when you are prescribed different medications, definitely doing your research and really learning like what works best for you and your body and really just getting that backstory because I, in my opinion, think it's most important, especially for the world of allergies, to make sure that you're as informed as possible when it comes to them because it's going to be in your best interest to know all that you can about your allergy, not only from like an allergen information standpoint, but also from like a treatment standpoint and what works best for you and what your body's more receptive to, etc. Now, if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, I've heard of all of these different types of treatment options and I've had some successes with some of them and some not so much success with some others um, when it comes to hives and them not really responding to that traditional treatment it's really going to be important to work closely with your doctor like I've discussed time and time again to really discuss the treatment options that are available for you and there are medications that work by reducing your body's immune response and this is something that should ideally be supervised by a doctor that has a specialty in treating hives. Now, when it comes to, okay, like when do I know when I should call the doctor about hives, it's going to be really important to work with your doctor closely to really get to the root of the why and the what behind your hives. Now, in some cases, hives can go away on their own, but it is really important to know when you should contact your doctor right away. So if you have hives with any of the following symptoms like dizziness, wheezing, difficulty breathing, having swelling of like your tongue, your lips, your face, or dealing with like a tightness in your chest. Hives may be really uncomfortable. And so those are some symptoms that you definitely should be seeking a doctor for in order to get the right counsel that you need for your symptoms of hives. But like I said in the beginning, the middle, and the end of this episode, hives are super uncomfortable and they can be connected to a lot of different things, especially especially allergies, but they are usually harmless and in most cases can disappear on their own. But make sure that you are consulting with your allergist and or your doctor to really figure out and come up with a plan that's best for you and your allergies and or you and your family and their allergies. But hopefully you all enjoyed today's episode, were able to get some value from it, and were able to learn a lot more about the world of hives, also known as
as urticaria. I always wonder what term people tend to use the most. I feel like if you're a person that deals with the symptom of hives for a specific situation, you tend to use the word hives. But if you have more so something that falls within the lines of chronic hives, you probably tend to use the words urticaria. But I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. I'm definitely interested. So definitely send us a note over on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page. Our Instagram is at ohmyallergies. But like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, found it to be informative, found it to be really fun and cool, and you're able to get some, some keys from it and some information from it. And hopefully it'll help you to just overall make you more of an informed allergy person. But if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast if you are not already on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram. Our Instagram is at oh my allergies. My Instagram is at oh my Valencia. Make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast platform and give us a rating and a review. Hopefully your rating is five stars. It really helps with being able to grow our community and be able to reach new people and new ears and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.